Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. J.P. Plant, the Hall of Famer, Mo Patton, our special guest host for today on this Friday from News Channel 5, Steve Lehman. Glad to have him in with us today. Quick update. Uh, we are now at the top of the seventh. The Braves and the Cubs still scoreless. Only five total hits. The Cubs got a couple of runners on there in the bottom of the sixth, unable to get them in. So the Braves are at the plates and out in Omaha. Still 12-4. Oklahoma batting now in the top of the fifth inning. That over Texas A&M. So um, not a whole lot of movement there. And uh, they're in a commercial break at the U.S. Open. So we'll uh, I'll get the crawler going and uh, try to keep folks updated. Awesome. Awesome. J.P. Plant pushing all the buttons and sliding all the slides down in Lawrenceburg. Um, again, Steve Lehman with News Channel 5 joining us here in place of Chris, the vacationing Chris Yao, who should be back and well-rested, or back anyway, mm-hmm. on Monday. Not sure how well-rested he'll be, but we'll see how that goes. And joining us now from The Athletic, one of our favorite guys, Joe Rexrode. Um, and Joe, you were, you were in Knoxville this past weekend. Um, you know, I think Steve was kind of looking at flights to Omaha this time last week and, um, Hmm. that kind of got preempted. But as you look at the Omaha situation now without Tennessee in it, who do you like out there? Oh gosh, it's so funny too, guys. Like how, ch- like I was just thinking today, like how different would this week have been? And was it supposed to be? You know, in terms of digging in on all the teams out there, and and yeah, preparing to go out there. And right now, it'd be you know, I think well, yeah, t- Tennessee would be playing today, I believe, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, who do I like yeah. out there? I mean, I guess I'll go Stanford. You know, Stanford is this pretty dominant team this year too. Uh, did get some – you got a run there from UConn, beat them in the first game in the Supers, and they, they won the next two. They're, you know, they're, I guess, a pretty conventional pick. I will say, it, it, actually, on our show today, I picked Stanford to beat Notre Dame in the final series. Notre Dame, you know, sometimes you see those teams like that, like Michigan three years ago. You shock the favorite, or the one seed anyway. And I don't know if you said it was necessarily the favorite. Vandy probably was the favorite of a lot of people still, but – this year, obviously, it's a favorite, but uh, Michigan shocks that team in the in the supers and then gets to the final series. I can kind of see Notre Dame doing something like that. They certainly, you know, seem to have the makeup of not backing down from anybody. They they went into a hostile, literally, a hostile situation in Knoxville and and came out of there. So uh, it it would be tough to to not think that they're capable, I guess. And and maybe they're peaking at the right time. I think the um, the 40 wins was a little um, misleading, perhaps. But but this is a, that's a Notre Dame team that had, had been through it here over the last couple of years, as people have pointed out, went down to Mississippi State and pushed the eventual national champions to the limit on their home field. So definitely a battle-tested bunch there. Yeah, no question. And, uh, you know, a couple of arms that were just really important in that on Friday and Sunday, you know, to beat the Vols, um, not great depth with the starting pitching. And that's the, that's the crazy thing about that, that weekend is that 
the one thing I thought that might, you know, just give Notre Dame a chance, they have two really good starters. We, we've seen that before. That's sometimes supers can really be equalized by that. But the Vols, you know, blasted their ace you know, and still lost the series. But um, if they can get enough good performances there, they're, it's a good all-around team, a very old team. Coaches always talk about that. And they've got a lot of a lot of veterans, like you said, Mo, I and mean, they've, they've definitely – uh, you know, been through a lot and, and to get to this point. Yeah. Um, I kind of liked Texas A&M until about 30 minutes or so ago, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, they just gave uh, up a grand, they got it to 8-3 and you give up a grand slam and it's like, oh, okay, never mind. But hey, I mean, who knows? This thing could end up like 15 to 13. Certainly, certainly wouldn't be a first, I don't guess. Um you know, out again. I I had liked Texas A and M coming in. Who out of this four four group four team group from the SEC West do do you like as as having maybe the best shot at at advancing through? Well, I do like you know I, I like the Arkansas um, story, and I like how they're playing, and I like their team, and yeah, you know, the, the the team that had the bitter disappointment a year earlier. That of course, you know, you could look at Bandit built 13 and 14 right I mean that's kind of the uh kind of the path for them so that that's who I'd go with I'd go with the hogs feel like that's a a solid call anyway um Joe Rexrode of the athletic with us here on Main Street Sports today um now that you don't necessarily have a an just wait for it there we go Hello? Anyone ask that again, Mo? I think you dipped out on us. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, know, I lost you there. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, of this four teams, how, well, I was going to ask you, how closely would you follow Omaha now that it's not really of local interest, perhaps? Yeah, well, I I mean, I still think – I'm still watching the games. I mean, I'm watching this game right now. Um, but it's – you know, there's obviously a huge difference between – a local team being there where you're attuned to every pitch and you're maybe you have it on up, got to go do something or other, right? Keep track of it. I mean, it is, it is well-timed. I mean, you the NBA finals just ended and it worked out perfectly for the college world series. You know, of course there would only have been one more game anyway, Sunday night, but um, you, you know, you got the Stanley cup final and you got major league baseball regular season and, it's it's a well timed event. I mean, I feel like most years. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, you know, for me, most years I end up watching a lot of the games or chunks of a lot of the games just because it, it just it's a well timed event to kind of step into a void. Yeah, I would agree, Joe. I got a question about Tennessee that we kind of hit on it on Sunday Sports Central a few nights ago, but I'm curious. You brought up the team that had the bitter disappointment as oftentimes positioned the next year. But this Tennessee team is going to lose a lot. And Tony Vitello said after the game on Sunday that <laughs> he sort of joked that whoever said time heals all wounds, I don't know if they've ever played baseball or really understand what that means. <laughs> How do you think Tennessee yeah. bounces back next year with, again, what looks like a pretty new cast of characters that they're going to have to deal with and the bitter disappointment of this in a tough conference how do you think they're positioned to rebound from the disappointment of last weekend? 
Yeah, it's going to be fascinating, Steve. And there are people in that program who, who will say, you know, next year's team will be more talented, will be more gifted. Now, that's still, to me, that, that, that's a big statement. That's That certainly is looking at some recruits and some young guys because there's a lot of opportunity for people to step into that lineup and a lot of loss. And also, I mean, my, my question with that is, like, what does it do? Like, look, I've, I've been outspoken, and Vanderbilt fans have not liked it, that I think Tennessee should keep doing things exactly how they're doing them. And if it ticks people off, then it ticks people off. But it works. Just because they, they, they failed in this postseason, that's, that's baseball, that's this tournament. You keep, uh, you, know, you keep doing what Tony Vitale is doing, you're going to keep getting swings at it. And you're, gonna, you know, you're going to have a lot of success. But, you know, I mean, Drew Gilbert in particular, Jordan Beck too, but especially Drew Gilbert, to me, he was the emotional heartbeat of that team, and and he was the guy who was out front with the a lot of the stuff that ticked people off. But they do lose a lot of that, you know. They, and even like Lipsius, I mean, they, a lot of guys who were great players, leaders, also absolutely loved the swagger that maybe bordered into you know uh, stepping over the line at times. How different is the team in that way next year just because of those losses? I don't know. But I know this. They've got, you know, Burns, Beam, and Dolander coming back for that rotation. And as you guys know, that's my first question on any team is, what's the starting pitching look like? They got some good good bullpen arms, too, and there's some guys making decisions there. We still don't totally know how it's going to look. But, I mean, look, I I thought they'd take a – Kind of a decent size step back this year. Not not huge, but I, I wasn't. You know, they were picked. I guess fourth in the East. I didn't even realize that until they said that during the supers. But I'm hesitant to expect some big step back. It's just that we're going to have to see some guys perform. You know, at the plate who haven't. And even like Evan Russell. I mean, there's a guy who's been such a key part of that team uh, who you're losing now. So questions, but I I would be more surprised if they're you know, not really good, you know, than if they, I'm saying it poorly, but I, I would expect them to be good. How about that? <laughs> yeah. The problem they have is they've set the expectation so high now that truly for Vol fans, they want to win a national championship in baseball. And that's what Vanderbilt somehow was able to do in 2014 after the 2013 team, which was so loaded, lost in the super, they to come back and, and catch fire and win the national championship. That's going to be the challenge for Tennessee, whether it happens next year or two years or whatever, until they get there. Now, I think there's going to be kind of the pressure and the question lingering over their head. Can they get it done? Yeah, no, that's fair. Absolutely. Um, I mean, they, you know, they do have, and that's the thing. I thought this would benefit them. They have Omaha last year. So for some guys, although I'd say, gosh, next year's team, there's gonna, there's not gonna be a ton of Omaha memory, right? Um, right? You know, from last year to next year, but, but yeah, no doubt. I mean, and that's the thing too. Now, if you're a Tennessee fan, you can point to that that time period. And you can say, see, uh, in '13, people didn't know, uh, you know, that Dansby Swanson and Bueller and Fulmer, those guys, were gonna be what they quickly became, you know. And that's kind of the Tennessee hope is that. Um, you know, that some of these young guys who just couldn't crack the lineup this year, you know, are ready to to really take off. And, of course, they got the shortstop from Kansas. A lot of excitement about him. And 
I mean, who knows? There could be more portal activity too. I would think that Tennessee for recruits and uh, players in the portal would be very attractive right now. Definitely something to keep an eye on. And that's, we had um, Vanderbilt athletics director, Candace Lee on yesterday and, and she made the point and, and it seems obvious, but at the same time, it bears saying it's not easy to get to Omaha. Exactly. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. You think about, so now, let's see, for the one seed since, since seeding started in 99, I guess now we can say it is, well, yeah, yeah, you can say it's nine times more likely that you won't make Omaha than that you will win it all if you're the one. <laughs> Tennessee's the ninth, you wow. know, the ninth such one seed to, to not get there uh, in 23 years. Pretty amazing. That That is an amazing stat. Joe Rexroad of The Athletic joining us here on Main Street Sports today. We're going to um, take a quick break, and when we come back, um, want to get a little bit into the NBA Finals that wrapped up last night, as, as you mentioned, Joe, um, with Golden State getting it done in Boston and whatever else comes up between now and the bottom of the hour. So um, stay with us here on Main Street Sports today, present, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731. 5731 and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. 
Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Final segment of the show. JP alongside the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, News Channel 5, Steve Lehman, and joined by Mr. Joe Rexroad as we welcome you back in, Mo. And uh, final segment, still uh, Morikawa, Morikawa and Lingmurth uh, atop the leaderboard of the U.S. Open at minus five. Still scoreless at Wrigley. And uh, the Phillies still lead uh, the Nationals five to three. That now in the ninth inning. There you go. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to get a little concerned about <laughs> the goings on at Wrigley Field, but Charlie Morton's still out there holding them down. So we'll see how this one finishes up. But um, as we mentioned before the break, Joe Rexroad of the Athletic, um, Golden State trailed 17-10 when I was when I turned the game on last night with about five minutes left in the first quarter. And then they went on a 27-5 run and pretty well took control of that game. Um, I had said earlier this week I didn't think it was going back to Golden State after they won game five. Um, rarely am I right about anything NBA-related, so I'm going <laughs> to hang on to that one for a minute. But um, – yeah, were you shocked at, at the way things played out last night, Jeff? I don't know about shocked, but I was a little surprised. I thought Boston would uh, summon a much better effort at home and send it to seven. I just thought this was a really good matchup between two closely matched teams. And um, it's amazing to think, I mean, Boston is holding a lead, you know, in that fourth quarter of of game four uh, with a real chance to go up three, one and Steph Curry just flipped it on the series on its head. As it turns out, you know, and you got three straight wins for golden state. I mean, I, I will say I was a little bit shocked. You, as you mentioned, Mo 27, five, you know, in, in there was a 21, nothing run. And it was just, um, you know, it was, it was kind of amazing. Uh, not just what golden state was doing, but also Boston just feeding that with some, Really bad turnovers, but ultimately, I mean, I thought last night was uh, was Dr- Draymond Green's best game in a long time. It was one of those games where he just he's in every passing lane and making plays on both ends of the floor. Steph, of course, was outstanding, and you know, I think that any any questions about Golden State and that group have kind of been answered now, right? You would think. And and while you mentioned Draymond and probably his best game of the postseason, Andrew Wiggins continued to get it done last night as well. Yeah, well, I would say Wiggins was their second-best player in this series. And you think about the reaction to that trade, uh, moving D'Angelo Russell, who I never thought remotely fit what Golden State likes to do, by the way. Um, I thought it was a great move to get rid of him. I just wasn't sure. Is Wiggins going to – you know, finally kind of realize um, how talented he is and find a place that fits him. As it turns out, you go to a championship place with, with championship people and expectations, uh, and look what he became. I mean, he had the, the biggest two rebounding games of his entire career back-to-back in games four and five, and they were critical rebounds, um, you know, particularly just on the defensive end at times when Golden State was just getting crushed in the offensive glass by Boston. And then, of course – you know, Steph Curry creates so much space, and he actually took advantage of it when he was going downhill to the rim. He was tough to deal with and hit some big shots. He was fantastic. I mean, those two guys were the two consistent forces, really, because Clay was up and down. Draymond was up and down. Jordan Poole kind of, you know, kind of uh, 
took a took a lesser role because Boston was victimizing his defense, but then he had some big moments. But that's the thing about Golden State. One thing I think that was clear in this series, like they have a lot better depth, so they can bring a Peyton off, and now all of a sudden he's key. Or you know, you can even a the Jay Lika, who whose name I still butcher. Uh, uh, you know, different guys that they can bring up the bench, a uh, Kaminga if needed. And Boston, I, I feel like Jason Tatum at the end, guys, was just was just tapped out. I mean, he he looked tired. Yeah, he 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 did. Um, he looked tired, and they weren't getting much from anywhere else. And it, it just looked odd to me the number of times that that Al Horford was matched up on Curry. I mean, it's amazing. There was a possession they didn't even double when he got that switch. <laughs> they just let. They just let Steph Curry, and he, he did okay. He kind of banged him and, and kind of kept him out of there, and Horford kicks out of that. I mean, they kind of – someone kind of was doing a little digging there, but it's like, why don't you just turn around and shoot over him, you know? <laughs> but that's how – I mean, that's how much the game has changed. I mean, it's like everything is – if you can somehow get an open three in the corner, take that over the two-footer, over someone who's like a foot shorter than you, you know? <laughs> uh, but they got away with it, uh, you know, it's it's amazing if you watch. So there's that in Golden State. Some of the things they were willing to do defensively that they were fine, which was amazing. And if you if you go over to the other side of the floor, some of these still shots are amazing. Like where Steph is standing, or you know maybe he's moving, but he's like he's like near half court, and there's like two players within five feet of him. You know, and everybody else is just can do whatever they want on the rest of the floor. I mean that's that's why like to me. Steph could have had five points last night, and he's clearly the MVP of this series. I mean, he he left no doubt with the way he shot the ball last night, but I, I, I can't think of too many players. Like, I think of Jordan and LeBron, players who just basically have the intention of the entire opposition from crossing half court. Yeah, and I think it was the crowning achievement of his career in a lot of ways because it's now four titles. He's got the two MVPs, but now he gets a finals MVP to go on the mantle as well. So if there was any doubt about the greatness of Steph Curry, I think it was answered last night. The other amazing thing about this Warriors team is Draymond, Clay, Steph, when they all start every game of a series, they've never lost. So that group together, when they're healthy, when they're right, when Draymond's not getting suspended, they're going to beat you in the postseason, and I'll be honest, I was wrong, guys, in this series because I thought at the beginning, I thought Boston had the matchup edge. I thought they'd be better defensively, and I thought it could be the arrival of Jason Tatum truly on the world stage as one of the great players. And, you know, instead, Boston lost its way defensively. The turnovers were a disaster throughout the course of it, and Tatum himself became the first player ever to have more than 100 turnovers in the postseason which is not exactly the stat you want to hang your hat on. And then Steph Curry's on the other side doing absolutely brilliant things. So once again, they proved me wrong. And I, I think they really stamped themselves at a level of greatness that, you know, three titles in the past were great. Steph's career in the past was great. But to get back on top the way they did was really special. I agree. Crowning achievement or well, well said. I mean, you know, for all that they went through, the injuries, I mean, you never knew if Clay was even going to really be an effective player. And, and you can see that he's not the same player exactly. But um, for them to go through what they did, this time to pass. And look, there were times in those the, the, the middle two championships where it really was like get the ball to Durant, get out of the way. He was incredible. 
And so you wondered, like, you know, can these guys do it at this age, you know, without someone like that? But Steph became that. I mean, it's, it's, it's remarkable to me. As a finisher, as a defender, um, he's so much stronger now than he used to be. He's gotten better. And then, and then, I mean, he made that corner three last night where I don't even know how the heck you even get that close to the, to the bat and he just drains it. It's just, it's really remarkable. Like I, I, I can't think of too many athletes in my lifetime. Like I think of, you know, Bo Jackson, Barry Sanders, you know, I mean, like there's a short list of, of athletes where it's like, you cannot turn away um, when this, when this person is performing, I, I put stuff right there with anyone. One of the guys that'll be getting a ring as a result of last night's outcome is Nashvilleian James Wiseman who made a brief appearance yes. at the University of Memphis, but um, did not play, obviously still dealing with that knee injury, but uh, seems like they really have high hopes for him once he's healthy. So they, I guess, feel like they can be back in this possession yet again next year. Yeah, it's going to be really fascinating, Mo. And Wiseman is, is a huge story. Can he put the injuries behind him and be what they, they think thought they got when they drafted him? Because, you know, add a floor running rim protector to this. <laughs> I mean, and Looney did a really good job. Don't get me wrong, but if Wiseman can be what, you know, what Wiseman showed at times, you know, before the injuries hit, that could be a really, uh, really timely addition. And then you've got guys, I think Jonathan Kaminga has a chance to be special. Jordan Poole's just going to keep getting better. So, I think they have a chance. I think the West is loaded, and Memphis is one of those teams that's going to have something to say about it for sure. But I would I, I would assume that Golden State would be on the short list of, of favorites next year with, with these guys coming back and some of those young guys possibly getting better. Definitely would think so. Joe Rexroad of The Athletic joining us here on Main Street Sports today as we wrap it up. Um, appreciate you coming in with us. and. We'll catch up. Steve Lehman of News Channel 5, thanks for hanging out with us this afternoon. Um, hope we didn't bore you too greatly. Oh, it's a blast. There's a lot of stuff to talk about here in the middle of summer. Thanks for having me on. Hey, we enjoyed it. Um, hope to have Chris Yao back. Plan to have Chris Yao back. Well rested. Come Monday at 2 o'clock. JP, um, Enjoy your weekend. I'm going to. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, we get a little uh, reprieve from the heat for a couple of days before it ramps back up. So uh, so get out and enjoy it if you can, for sure. And happy Father's Day to all you father figures out there. It's uh, a yeah, special time. No doubt. Um, join us Monday, 2 o'clock, here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Thank you.